Welcome to the Purple Fish Podcast, Crucial Conversations on Evangelism. This is Mark Wilson, and today I want to talk with you about five factors that churches need to pay attention to if they want to thrive, if they want to, to grow. Now, growth isn't always uh, the the goal, right? I mean, like a growth ne- isn't necessarily health. Uh, for instance, if you have a growth on your neck, that isn't a good thing. And sometimes people grow because they gain weight and the doctor says you're supposed to lose weight. However, uh, most organisms, uh, if you look at them, you realize that that life and growth, they go together, that that living things grow. And, and living churches uh, should be growing in some way or another, one aspect or another. And there are five domains that I call the DNA of a thriving church that we should be looking at, we should consider. And I, I do this sometimes when I consult with congregations. We look at these five domains, these five areas um, of, of, of growth. Um, so it's I, C, D, S, and then flowing through ICDS is a W. ICDSW. I stands for invite, that growing churches invite people to come. They figure out ways to invite new people into the community, into the relationship. I just read a statistic not too long ago that said that just to maintain um, you, you need about three guests, three first-time guests coming to your church per 100 people that attend the church. And so if, if you have a church of about 50 people, you're going to need six first-time guests just to break even because there's attrition and people die and they move away or they get mad about something. They go and join the church down the street. And so you need about uh, six per 50 or per month or 12 per 100 um, for, for a month. And so the question is, how do you get those people? Now, that's not a hard and fast rule. Um, you know, the, the, depending on the, the stability of the community, the relationships that are already existing and things like that. But, but, but if you want your church to grow, to move forward, you got to figure out a way to get new people coming into the, the fellowship. And the front door of the church for most congregations is the Sunday morning worship service. Although I would suggest that there are lots of side doors as well. And, and more and more these days, the side doors are becoming the first avenue. And then the worship service becomes the second place that they come to. So one thing to do right off the top is to say, what is our IQ? What is our invitation quotient? Uh, how are we doing in the inviting? And if we haven't had new people for a while, then the question is, what could we do to get some new people? What kind of activity could we do? What kind of thing could we do to reach out to the community, to build a bridge, to befriend people? And I would suggest that the befriending is the first thing, to have arms wide open and to look at ways to def- to befriend the people in the community and-, and to reach out to them and to invite them into a relationship with you.
and then with Christ, because that's the whole point. They, they join you before they join Jesus, though, for the most part. And so you want to figure out a way to be friends with these folks and, and, and build bridges. So you could do activities and things to reach out. Uh, Easter and, and Christmas is a great time to do stuff like that. Things with children or, or, or find a need and fill it. And that's the way to invite. C stands for connect. Invite, and then you connect them. You connect them relationally. They have to have deep and meaningful relationships or they're not going to stay. And nobody's just going to come and sit in a pew and leave without, um, you know, and not have relational connection and, and stay for the long haul. In fact, you need at least uh, 12 good friends in the church Um Within a year's time, if a newcomer doesn't have 12 new friends, the chances are very likely that they will will not stay. They won't be around afterwards. So how do you build friendships? That's through fellowship, isn't it? So that's that's through having uh, meals together, sharing sharing life together, sharing activities together. Um, think of it like um, uh, a Lego block, right? So we'd have a Lego and you they have like six little connections on it. And if you have one Lego and you stick it on the other with all six, then, then it's going to stay. But if you only have one connection, like if that one connection is the senior pastor, for instance, but nobody else is relationally connected to the new person, then um, then the slightest little bump will knock that person out of the fellowship. And so if you have you have more connections, the more connections you have, the, the richer and more meaningful the relationships are, the more likely that person is going to be they just woven into the fabric of your community. And speaking of weaving, you know, if you if you sew something on, a sew a patch on, for instance, if you have one stitch, um, it's very likely to unravel. But if you have multiple stitches, so every meaningful conversation, every meaningful connection that you make is another stitch that connects them relationally. Everybody wants to be loved, and they need to be loved deeply. So the second step is connect. You invite and then you connect them. And then deepen is the third, D-I-C-D-S. Invite, connect, deepen, deepen. And this is walk, uh, taking them deep into discipleship, walking them into the faith life, um, that they're going deeper with God. So your goal should be to create deep people. And what I mean by deep people are people that deeply love God and each other. Um, that's discipleship. We are measured by the depth of our love. Now, sometimes what people call deep isn't really deep at all. That's just muddy. That's what the Pharisees did. They were really deep. <laughs> they had exegetical studies like you can't hardly believe. But they missed it. They were shallow in their love. And so I, I am not in any way saying you shouldn't do Bible studies. We should do Bible studies. We should love God more. And the best way to love him more is to go deep into his book. And we need to have rich, meaningful, robust conversations as we grow in our faith, grow deep in our faith. Um, but, but the key here is deep discipleship. And deep discipleship, by the way, is not just programmatic. In fact, the deepest discipleship is organic, not programmatic. 
Now, if you don't have it going, uh, if there's nothing deep happening there, then you need to figure out a way to program it. A program is a greenhouse, and a greenhouse uh, grows hothouse tomatoes, right? But a home-growing tomato in the garden is way better than a greenhouse tomato. So if you can think of ways to go deep in your walk with Christ and helping others grow deep in theirs in an organic way where it's really genuinely life on life, having faith conversations that just come naturally with people. That's the way to make it happen. What can you do to make that happen in your church? And then S stands for send send. And this is the sending capacity. So it isn't the seeding capacity, it's the sending capacity that counts. How can we send people on a mission? And so sending is different than recruiting volunteers. Although recruiting volunteers could be a part of it, the the, the only way that it really, the recruiting volunteers um, is a part of the actual sending is if it is helping people discover their gifts and then they actually live in their vocation or their calling. They live into that gift and then they make a valuable contribution to the community of faith and to the community at large because God has sent them out to make a difference. They're like apostles being sent. And so, so often what we do is uh, we, we just try to find a warm body to fill a spot. And that's not sending at all. That's just manipulating and using people. So, so think about how can we send people? And are we sending people on mission? And when we think about mission, it's Acts 1-8. It's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. Jerusalem is right here at home. Um, uh, Judea, it would be the community at large. Samaria is a culture removed. And the ends of the earth is like international or whatever kind of mission trips. We should be sending our resources, sending our money, sending our people into all kinds of meaningful service. One thing to look at is uh, what percentage of your people are actually working something in your your church. You should you should have one to three. Like so so uh, like if 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 an average church is, it has has um has a hundred people sitting in there, then thirty of them should be involved somehow some way in something um, in the church actually to make it make it happen and and if you want to you want to have more people coming and sitting then get more people serving uh, that's the way to do it um, and, and that's just kind of a general rule of thumb and then flowing through all of that is what I say is w w that's meaningful worship that and really that's the most important one worship what I mean by that is loving God with all of our hearts loving the Savior together. It isn't about a worship style. It isn't a kind of music. It isn't the songs that you sing, although we do have worship services. But the whole thing is worship. Everything is worship. Everything is loving God and expressing our love for him. So that flows through everything. And so, like, if you look at these things, I, C, D, S, W, this, this would be the way you, you measure how things are going. How am I, how are we doing in the inviting? Uh, how are we connecting? How are we deepening? How are we sending? How's the worship? What, what's going on in our worship gatherings and in the hearts of worship? Are people genuinely encountering Christ? This is the way you can set up your budget. I would suggest that you budget according to inviting, connecting, deepening, sending, and worship. Think about your staff. 
This is the way I would staff a church if I was starting out all over again. I would look at those domains, invite, connect, deepen, send, and worship, and I would find people to fill that. So there's a champion for for each of these domains, invite, connect, deepen, send. Also, I would suggest that every cell in your church contains the same DNA, just like every cell in your body contains your DNA. So this means that the youth ministry should have invite, connect, deepen, send, and worship. Children's ministry should have invite, connect, deep, and send, and worship. The the women's ministry should have invite, connect, deep, and send, and worship. The choir and the church board invite, connect, deep, and send, and worship. So every aspect of the church includes all of the domains. Now, some of the aspects of the church might be more like heavily inclined towards one versus the others, but all of it should be included in every aspect of the church. I hope you can take this and play it out. Maybe talk with your leadership team, talk with them and say, where do we fit? Where are we strongest? Where are we weakest? And what can we do to shore up the weak area? Hope that helps you. God bless you.